as we sit here, Kirby Smart has just left the podium at his presser, concluded that, and wrapped up day one of early signing day with all 27 targets, sending their letter of intent and a little something extra. Welcome back, Dog Nation. As always, I'm Cheeto, and with me is my co-host, Keegan. Welcome back to another episode of Dogs Off the Leash. Boy, we hit day one running. They've called it 24-7 on three ESPN. Georgia has another number one recruiting class, and it was rapid fire from, from breakfast this morning. I mean, it was awesome. Usually there's a little bit of drama, and we did with, you know, the target of K.J. Bolden at the end of the day, but it was it was a great start to this day. No unnecessary drama in this class well-rounded, strong, top-heavy, quality throughout the middle. I, I, I'm just impressed the type of teams that Kirby consistently, even when they're not number one, consistently puts together. Keegan, initial thoughts on the day? It's a beautiful thing for those who celebrate Christmas and in this holiday season. Kirby Smart put a an absolutely magnificent exclamation mark today and a bow on this entire class with a clinching of a number one class, even after some drama, even after some chat GPT poems, we still stand number one. And for anybody in the college football world who would dismiss the dogs, who wanted to ignore the dominance of the last two years and just be so glad that they could be in a position to vote out Georgia of this playoff, we're not going anywhere. We're not every time. Even yeah. even after a lot a tough loss to Alabama, and you know, good luck to them going forward. We talked about it. we didn't play a good game. We had some injuries, but we're not making excuses. Even when this university loses, which has been rare the past three years, we're still winning. And, and this is and that's not to be like that fan like throw it in your face. Kirby said this after we lost that first champ national championship to Alabama. We're not going anywhere. We we're not moving. So those of you Alabama fans and other. Ole Miss is, I know they're kind of getting after it. Florida State kind of been in, been in our mouth, just talking crazy. We're not going nowhere. We're setting another foundation on top of the last foundation, on top of that last one. And the future is looking bright, especially with the players that have been signed today. I mean, we were done by lunch. Outside of announcement from K.J. Bolden, we were done all 27 by lunchtime. I kid you not. That's a, a beautiful thing and a great contrast for just college football in general right now for some of the late drama that we can get into with Dylan Riola and just to sure it all up it was a beautiful thing and you mentioned KJ Bolden I was listening at a red light in my car when I I don't like Buford but I did like the professionalism of how they did the announcements they essentially you know had the Buford head coach sit up 
in kind of like a ceremony style with the three players. It was Dylan Raiola, KJ Bolden, and no, it was not, it was nine players total. Oh, nine players total. They 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 did total. actually and to your I point, very professional. They started with every single player that was getting uh, announcing or signing or whatever, lined them up. I won't say it was relevance, but they 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 got a little showmanship because they put Dylan Raiola, Edric Houston, and then the only one who didn't have a hat on the table. KJ Bolden at the end for the fireworks. So I, I really thought they did a great job. They're not new to this. It's a powerhouse. They've they've done this before, but it was a good setup. They they knew what they were doing. Exactly. They're a powerhouse. They've done this before. And now they're at the point where they just have everyone roll up. No one does an individual dramatic, you know, bring bring in the turkey or bring in the live animal, whatever it is. Uh, there's there's no wrestling a gator in in, in down there Buford so it was really cool to see that and then eventually it gets to the end I'm at the red light KJ Bolden comes on and you just see before really anything says he says Khalil Bolden which I guess is his first name and I'm like who and then he's like I'm like where's KJ you know and then, <laughs> <Where KJ? laughs> and then I see the Georgia G in the back and you know we we all we were me and Cheeto were texting back and forth like red bow ties like is it red yeah he was wearing blue? red bro I was just like you're like is it what's what what's their is that color Florida it's State's color like, kind of like a burgundy burgundy kinda, you're like is it is it that color I was like no nah, bro this red this red man <laughs> but I just wanted to make sure too after he made that announcement number one safety in the nation huge and if you know anything about Buford and how we never get players there or rarely get players from there this was big. But, you know, I wanted to watch a little bit longer, make sure there was no tossing of the hat or like, psych, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wasn't yeah. trying to do none of that. But, yeah, huge. And for huge a player player. of his magnitude, like me and you are used to that kind of stuff. Yeah. So for it to be this kind of like professional press conference, kind of like the stark contrast of that, we're like, okay, is it done? Like, is it over? Even Brandon Adams, who was like broadcasting it through their dog nation stuff, they do such a good job for it. Yeah. For all of us out here, but they were broadcasting it, and even he was like, "I don't know if this is you know Brandon Adams' voice. I don't know if this is real or whatever." So like, I'm like, "Oh shit, I think it is real." I think yeah. it is. I didn't and post I, anything on it until I saw the, uh, the you know how the Georgia pages, but okay, it, it'll yeah. put it out once that LOI comes in. Like I was just okay. like, "All right, let's just see." Get but yeah. and it, and and supposedly it came down to because he was committed to Florida State since August, I believe it was. But Auburn had made a really late push. And what the whispers are is that Auburn was the leader going into just a few days ago. But, you know, now a lot of people are speculating that maybe that Dylan Raiola flipped to Nebraska, which we are going to get into, maybe that opened up some NIL money and allowed Georgia to, like, maybe float him a little bit more. I mean, a lot of people who are in the dog uh, nation, especially the recruiting aspect of it, knew even after he committed to Florida State, they were not going to give up on him. Kirby Smart and Will Muschamp, they're DB guys. They already had a good relationship with him. They were not trying to have another Caleb Downs situation and have an elite player who you see dominating for Alabama right now get away. They weren't having it. This is, this is huge. Not one of the 27 targets going in, but a huge bonus. And, uh, yeah, Georgia remains the number one class even after Dylan Raiola flips and then gets another five stars. So a lot of people saying uh, maybe he was just waiting for Dylan to kick rocks and get out of there so he could commit to UGA. I'll take it. I'll take it, man, because speaking of Dylan Raiola, and we got to hop onto that because of this uh, 
this poem and all this stuff and all this fanfare to move across the country to be committed and then you know be active in the recruiting process for the whole class just to flip I do understand he's a legacy he wants to be that guy and I, I haven't been trashing him on Twitter or anything like that but I know a lot of people have I'm not really that serious about it it's just it's just a bad look like if you're gonna go go humbly and all this stuff but I feel like it was really extra and um you know I feel like we're good because we got bent coming back for 2024 Gunnar Stockton waiting and then this guy Puglisi uh, a lot a lot is going to be said about Puglisi as the years go by big time yeah I like Ryan Puglisi the fact he stayed in there you know he heard number one quarterback supposedly is coming in he's like bet you know he, he really was speaking team language speaking achievement language more from kind of like what we want from a culture standpoint he was more of a culture fit and at the end of the day, that kind of thing does matter, especially from the quarterback position, because it is such a up and front kind of position. It's just a natural spot in the team where you're going to look for a leader to be. And when you're deficient there, I mean, you, you don't want to be it's like one thing for them to be not really that guy. And every quarterback will lead differently. But if they're like a bad example, that really is just bad for your locker room. And I'm not saying that that is don't, I'm not even saying that, but for instance, Ryan Puglisi right. is such a good dude. So we like what we see from that. And then on the big time recruiting thing, I think the fans are kind of adjusting to what it's like to follow a big time recruit. Like we, the, the closest thing was for a quarterback was like maybe Jacob Eason or yeah. Justin Fields. Yeah. And that was not in the NIL era and both those guys left, but it that was after they came and what, you know, had opportunities elsewhere. So I think this is just kind of like slightly the new normal for the players and, you know, the university and the fans, like everyone's kind of getting used to this and maybe even players in the future. They're like, you know what, maybe normally I'd move across the country, but I'm going to wait just in case I change my mind. Right. like even that, like in hindsight, maybe like, you know, to Dylan Riola's credit or whatever to the process, like he is going to Nebraska where he's got family, you know, an uncle, yep. where his dad was there. Yep. It's, yep. it's the whole entire legacy thing. So there's a lot of layers that I can. And that's fair. Nobody's with. faulting him for that. Right. Yeah. And then in the public sphere, it just looks bad to us when we see you recruiting an eventual big time flip, the really the number one player in Georgia by all accounts, KJ Bolden. You're in his living room taking pictures with him and Kirby. Two days later, we're hearing you're going to Nebraska. So it's just kind of like weird. And on that note, it looks bad. And then the poem, I'm not mad at him, but it just is so silly. It's like obviously most people have said at this point it's a a <laughs> bro, it was corny. A chat GPT poem, but it's you didn't see corny. nobody else do nothing like, like that. That was no, corny, bro. So corny. And the thing is, is and throwing like, shade, like again, I'm not yeah, super way, butthurt, but like, bro, why you do that to yourself? Like, yeah, if y'all if y'all haven't seen it, I encourage you to look at it. But there's a line about hell. uh you know Georgia being him being a cog and the powerhouse kind of just <laughs> oh I mean, which Maybe it's like the criticism to throw, I guess, if you're a chat GPT in your computer. But like the thing is, is that it was done so impersonally considering like we all like to me, I'm like, yeah, that's cool and all. But you also like 
on an individual man to man basis recruited a lot of these guys. You was cool with it last week. Yeah, like what are you talking about? You, cog, you signed oh, up cog, for this. Yeah, a cog in the powerhouse. Like that might be how, like how the media talks about it. But you're really like forgetting the fact that you and your teammates were all going to start this thing together. Like it's really none of my business. You, you want to go to Nebraska? That's cool. Like I'm just a fan. Like whatever. But on, I'm not like one of the guys you helped recruit. <laughs> and if I was them, and I'm just reading about this thing about a powerhouse, I'm like, bro, that's whack. And then just just to sum it all up. To, to do that and then to refer to yourself as like a hero, being Cheeto, really getting a laugh about Bro. that aspect of it. You I'm know. telling you, dude thought he was Batman. Like, what is, what is this? <laughs> what is this? Bigger the Christian male voice from. Oh my now. gosh, man. Where Slash. <laughs> I'm <Nebraska>. telling you. <laughs> just, just not a good look. I, I wish the dude all this success. I, I really do. And like, we're going to be fine. We're good. So many, so many. Nebraska fans coming out of the woodwork as, as if they've been anywhere near where we're at right now. Alabama fans, of course, taking their shots. And then we end the day with the number one class. So again, it's all cool. Just, yeah, a, honestly, just a bad look, dude. Good, like it's it's whack as hell. And to be on our receiving end of it, as a just like on a bro level, if I come off like, you know, like a little biatch, I'm gonna try to own it just to be like a better person. So I'm just gonna be honest, like. He will grow from this. He'll probably look back like, oh, yeah, oh, geez. Like, the dude is young. Like, luckily, not, not everyone of our mistakes are, like, broadcast every single day. Yeah, he's going to look back like, dang, I was a tool. Like, yeah. that was that was some, I, I, that was lame, but it's, it, it's all right. Yeah. It, We're not it, here to bury him. They're, they're kids. On on a out of the pocket, out of – like, if I'm just, like, a random college football fan, I think it's great for college football that Nebraska might actually have some heavy hitters. Like, now that I'm over it. I can say that. Yeah. And I think I think it will be good for parity NIL in general and the transfer portal in general. It'll make hey, we're about to get the college football game back. It's gonna open up a whole lot of rosters for competitive play if you want to do some one on one. So nice. like this, there's gonna be a lot of positives that come with this, but we had to live through the receiving end of it. And we were so hyped to have the number one quarterback. That part of it sucks. But when that's all said and done, the timing could not have been better with how Right before we had to take our shot, we went ahead and get got that sick treat. We got we got a sucker, a lollipop, ice cream, whatever you, you you want to call it. And Carson Beck had announced that he is coming back. So the timing of it for me was always well digestible. All was well in Dog Nation, bro. Yeah. So that was done by all accounts on purpose. And dude, it's so huge just thinking like we can look and appreciate and see and like the growth that we witnessed with Carson Beck, that all is good. And he kind of like came out already and was like, okay, this is kind of causing a distraction. The complete opposite of what, you know, some of the fanfare and recruiting is, is like, Hey guys, we all want to be on the same page. I just want to let you know, I'm definitely going to be in the game and I'm coming back. So to come out and say that that was perfect timing and really, for Carson, so much for next year. We will obviously talk about it and get into it, but a huge decision to make. And I think it will be talking long in the future about this decision and what it means. Just like maybe when like Jordan Davis or Nolan Smith or Nick Chubb, like any of the greats here lately who have been in this trend of coming back, what it could mean. And for the rest of the team cheeto what are your thoughts on yeah and it really what it does it just sets up a much better trajectory for uga we've got at alabama next year we open with clemson at texas having your signal caller 
come back was huge. And, you know, most people have heard by now, you know, he could he could have went, but you have a very heavy QB draft class with Drake May, Caleb Williams, uh, Jaden Daniels, all that stuff. Why not come back? Maybe it's just you, Q and Ewers, and Jalen Milrow. You could be the best of the bunch. Definitely could. You showed a lot of flashes. Comes back, again, gives Gunnar Stockton another year. And then now with Puglisi, that gives him a couple years to get adjusted to. So he really puts UGA's timeline from the most important position on the field in a very good place. But I want to hop back into the signing class because it's not just Dylan Raiola and the number one safety. This secondary, we signed a bunch of players. And Keegan, I want to hear your highlights. I wanted to start with some brief news and then kind of jump into these, these players because as you have heard by now, Fran Brown, has gone to Syracuse and a couple of our transfers have went there. But speaking of Fran Brown, I think we got to give him a lot of praise. People love to throw that DGD term all the way around, but as a coach who came here knowing he wanted to be a head coach, as Kirby said as much on his presser, he in his presser, he was very honest with a lot of the kids said, I want to be a head coach. When I get that opportunity, I'm going to go. In the meantime, I'm going to be here and I'm going to grind. And he helped us win a national championship. And he said as much to uh, our number one corner who signed and Ellis, Ellis Robinson, who stayed firm on his commitment. And then also said as much to KJ Bolden, which is a big reason I think KJ signed today the way he did. So that is huge. Keeping the class together, vouching for Georgia, even on your way out, you know, people love to throw stones after a chapter is done, but he was like, no, you need to go to UGA. That is a great place. So he is gone, but left in, a classy way, unlike some quarterbacks we won't get into. And now UJ has hired Dante Williams, former USC cornerbacks coach. I know a lot of people may not have been excited about that off top, looking at USC's defense from last year, but understand he is a top-notch recruiter, an excellent, excellent recruiter. And then also on top of that, he specializes in cornerbacks. Kirby and Muschamp really work on safeties, star positions. This guy is good with the cornerbacks and you know Kirby brings people in here that their trajectory is going up he always does it and it always works out so so yeah going back to the DBs who signed Ellis Robinson we now have the number one corner the number one safety in KJ and the number one linebacker from Texas Justin Williams who is a freak of a man already I mean a lot of people are worried about the transfer portal why are we losing so many players why are we losing so many players first of all it's a numbers game to start there are 85 spots, and there's still probably going to be some more attrition. These players on that team practice with these guys, these young guys, these incoming freshmen during bow practice every day. I think a lot of them realize, like, I'm about to be in year two, year three, and these guys are, are good. We, we talked about um, JDJ is probably the most, like, what's going on? He would have projected as coming back as a starter. He was going to lose reps. That linebacker group from last year's recruiting cycle, those guys are NFL players. All three of them, I'm telling you right now. And we just signed some more behind them. So sometimes it, you, your time is just up. So, um, yeah, this secondary and these defensive players that we signed today were huge. Also, big shout-out to Joseph Ajanye, Justin Williams' teammate from Texas, a four-star D lineman, DE type guy who's going to wreak havoc. But um, those are a few of my highlights from recruiting signing day or from early signing day, excuse me. Keegan, what were some of the things that you were impressed with with this class specifically? Well, we got like, I think, 10 top ends. We're going to need some depth. And then in the defense, we're really – we have 
solid guys. We got a good defense, but we need more game breakers. Like that's been the difference. And we got those guys. Like a Johnye really stands out to me on the D line. Ellis, like you mentioned, he's a freak. Like overall, the defense just looks stout. I mean, like <laughs> three number ones, that's crazy. And you know, Georgia put put a great class together and they did so addressing need and that's always going to make it so much better that's where really the rankings don't matter as much you have to take the rankings in context to how did each team address the need like if you're number 10 on the rankings but you really addressed your needs better than any other team that really might come out on the field like a number one class so we all know it's it's about addressing need and even then it's how do you develop these guys? Like we're losing a, a lot of guys, like you mentioned, but it it only looks bad in in the in the context of all of the sport. When most of the sport, if they lost that many guys, that would be their whole talent pool. We just have so much talent; it's just ridiculous. So I'm not saying it doesn't kind of suck, but we're gonna make the adjustments, and I know the coaches will probably be smarter in the future of delineating okay like which this guy's a development guy this guy's like a high transfer risk if he doesn't get playing time like they're already doing that but i assume that they will get better and better at that and it's fresh you know they're gonna have to worry about it less but to me as a fan the best thing you can ask for is to be in position like that's what makes a great coach to me is be is putting dudes in position to win i think that's why nick saban is the goat that he is is that he puts guys in position. He makes them prepared, and then, you know, somehow at the end of the game, they could have had a terrible game, but they're still they still got a shot because he's so good at getting them in position. So, as a program, all we can hope for is just to be in that position, and we have the roster to do that. Now it's just about getting the the game breaker kind of guys that are going to make the plays. So, I think we've put it all together. Couldn't ask for more. Very happy with this class. And the transfer portal is really what's going to excite me in the unknown aspect of it. Because they say the most addictive games are the games that are the most unpredictable, have the, the highest downs, and then the most un, un uh, you know unexpected. That, that volatility, boy. Yeah. So that's that's what is addictive for these like programmers when they're making this social media or whatever. And that that to me is the thing that as a fan, I'm like. I am the most neck scratching about that because I'm like, man, who who is going to come in this portal? Because we've heard the quarterback from Texas could be in the fold. We've heard, uh, you know, other receivers that may or may not. You know, it's like if you if you're paying attention to all this stuff, it's like the second you get hype about it is about five minutes later you see that some other school already picked him up. So this stuff moves fast. Cheeto, what have you seen in the transfer portal that you like? And is there anybody else? You know, and I'll just say this. I, I did uh, I did a spring football session at Cass High School, so I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out Sokovi White. I'm very excited about him as an explosive. Speaking of player. explosive, yes, sir. Yeah, I really like what he brings. And don't just, like, I'm a homer about it kind of, but he's he's really good on tape. But listen to how people talk about Zakovi White. They don't just talk about Zakovi like, uh, like, they hold him as in high regard to some of these other guys. So sometimes you have to kind of listen to the grapevine. Like to me, there's a certain buzz about players that just happens. 
he's got a, a buzz about him more so than even the four stars by his name, which is already, you know, pretty respectable recruit on paper. But I, I really want to say that he, I think he could be something special just in light of people saying we didn't really get enough good receivers. Y'all just wait, especially what we're doing in the transfer portal. Yeah. Along with him, another, another name and a name that you're not going to forget nitro Tuggle. This, this kid is as explosive as his name would suggest. I mean, we, we have got probably not your um, prototypical wide receiver, but super explosive. Now, we did get the prototypical with the um, Vanderbilt transfer and London Humphreys. Dude is, to put it, to give you a quick summation, a bigger version of Lad McConkie. I mean, he is a multi-sport athlete. His parents are uh, triathlon, <laughs> marathon runners. Like, they, they are an athletic family. His broad jump, his vertical... He scored a 50-yard touchdown against us. If you want to go YouTube that, you can find that video. But definitely addresses a position of need, especially now it looks like that at least Lab McConkey is going to go to the NFL because he signed with some uh, some company or something like that. Haven't heard anything from Brock Bowers, but we bring in – there's not going to be another Brock Bowers, but a close uh, comparison in Rydell, this tight end. This dude is a monster on the field. 6'3", has hands like C.D. Lamb. I mean, this this dude is for real. So we we are bringing in some <laughs> explosive pieces. And then before I forget, um, another part of this recruiting class that I, and those of you who know me know, you know, I played a little bit of linebacker, I played a little bit of running back back in the day. I have this really big appreciation for running backs. One of those impact positions, Todd Gurley, Chubb, Sony Michelle, we brought in three running backs in this class. On different sites, they're rated different ways. I think overall, Nate Frazier would be the highest rated one from modern day in California. It should be a five-star. This kid, can he is that perfect blend at running back. Does everything. Dwight Phillips, the fastest guy on the roster today, in my opinion. He, I mean, they're talking 4-2-5, type stuff. It's insane. Elite speed, elite speed. And then wow. from Florida, Chauncey Bowers, I think he was the first dog to sign today. If not, he was the second from Florida. So huge for the program. I, Dale McGee deserves a lot of praise, and I love that he is so good at his job, and he is content in a very very healthy way, very content at doing a great job. Not everybody's always looking for, I, I want to be this, I want to be this. Some people just want to be great at what they do in a, in a position, in a location, with a salary that works for them. And this dude does it at a on a different planet, the level he's been on with these running backs, all three are going to be NFL running backs and just absolutely amazing. So those are the guys that I'm looking out for or that highlight this class. There are so many others, but I wanted to hit those highlights. And then as far as the transfer portal, what we are looking for right now, from what I'm hearing is we still may be waiting on Florida's running back ETN to make that decision. He's been crystal balled to come to UGA. Haven't heard anything. I'm sure they're waiting on the numbers to settle before they do anything else. And then Miami, a wide receiver, another prototypical 6'3 wide receiver, Colby Young, also got a crystal ball to go to Georgia. So look for that to come in the next few days after the staff at UGA kind of figure out what exactly that they want to do. Um, Keegan, anything else about this class that you want, that you got to hit on today but, uh, before we wrap up? Man, I think we could talk about it for another three hours. We got so many dudes. This class is absolutely loaded. Chris Jones, Chris Cole. I mean, linebackers for days. Guys, this this class is going to be serious. Looking at the – Kirby has signed three number one classes since 2008. 
the last one being the Justin Field one. Or was that 2018? 2018, I guess. That was so. 2018. Yeah. Um, if we were to stack up the classes together, this one, I mean, I guess they're all pretty close if you look at it, but this one's pretty nasty. This one, this one's pretty nasty. I'm not trying to be a, a prisoner of the moment, but um it's uh this is gonna be a nice class, and I can't wait to see how these things unfold. This is literally the reloading of the university. We're not having to start over and again Carson's going to help that in a big way but this is this is huge for this university. Hey. <laughs> we're talking about surviving the NL NIL transition and riding the wave, you know, we went from two national championships in a row and we don't want to like fall off. Number one class, great way to do it. And if you look around college football, probably one of the most interesting stories of the day to me is how far Miami has jumped in the rankings. And they are the perfect epitome of a rich program. Like, by all accounts, they got a $5 billion man who's willing to spend every last dollar on Miami players. So these these things that we, like, just kind of gossip about and talk about, joke about, some rich guy's just going to want to buy them all. Well, that's kind of what they talk about in Miami. And Florida for like most of this recruit for half the recruiting cycle had a top three class. Okay. My Miami and a lot of these like lists has well jumped them because they lost a lot of guys today also. And then Florida state, which has been trending so high Miami jumped them too. So. Yeah. And not only that with Florida state, but they're, they're having people drop out for the bowl game now. Right. I think the latest was Jared versus a DN their running back, maybe a wide receiver, obviously their quarterbacks hurt. So Georgia's going to get an opportunity to end on a good note. And again, even though we lost, we're trending upwards, right? Like this will be an opportunity to go into next year, top five, top three, especially with Carson back Carson Beck coming back. So um, yeah, it's Georgia's here to stay. I'm sorry for those of you fans who, you make this attempt to like rub our few misfortunes in our face. Like you need to sit down and actually look at what's going on. We're not going nowhere. Alabama, you got us this year. We got you the last time you gonna have to see us again, this time, regular season. And if not, we don't get you then we'll see you in the postseason. So that is what it is. And all respect to Alabama and the fans. It's just, you know who you are out there talking crazy on social or otherwise we're still here. And you know, we still here. Exactly. Hey, my my dogs just won two national championships in a row and got the number one recruiting class and yeah. are in the transfer portal. The so football like, players across the country are validating that Georgia is for real. If anything else, that's what it says to me that, yeah, okay, they lost, but they're, they're still doing it the right way. So um, shout out to Kirby and this staff just and the, and the recruiting staff too. Uh, I see the, all the accounts on Twitter, all of them shot. They, they work hard, they grind. So big ups to them. And I know it is the Christmas season, so we'll hop into that, but, Keeks, it is the second week of the fantasy playoffs as well. And this is going to be a week slash weekend full of football starting Thursday night, Saturday football, Sunday, and then Christmas Day football. It is absolutely going to be wild. I was looking at my roster and stuff. Dude, I wish I wouldn't have traded you for two and out and kept Raheem Mostert. (laughs) I'd be unstoppable, especially now I'm playing Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco killing it. I got Kyler Murray coming off an injury. So this it's a stressful time of the year for those of you who are in your playoffs and your leagues. And if you're not, make sure you don't get last place. Don't be that guy. But um, yeah, yeah. Anything that you uh, – I don't know how your week's going, but uh, 
How, how's your season been? Do you enjoy the season? Players? Who who are you highlighting from the season? Well, I'm, I missed the playoffs, I believe. I've been – I'm pretty sure I missed the playoffs. That was my – I missed in one of mine too, but – Assumption. I'm only playing the one. But it was fun. It was a good time, and it was good to kind of get back into the fantasy grind and just play around with it. I don't really – I guess I would just say that uh, – man, whoever drafted C.J. Stroud, like <laughs> – That's going to be – he's going to be a big one next year. Yeah, that that like every year there are just some guys that just pop off that you just can't can't predict, and you know it's always just fun. But no, I don't really have a whole lot to offer on the fantasy stuff. But well, a lot of a lot of games to enjoy. So whether you're engaged or not, it's going to be a good uh, season. And it's it's been an early Christmas for Georgia. We can say that great great early signing day. There's two more days, but again, Georgia's done their work. Obviously, you'll hear some more news drop here in a little bit. We will be back soon with the Florida State Bowl preview. Again, we talked a little bit about it today. Got a lot more to talk about. But um, for those of you who are traveling over the holidays, uh, wish you well. Be safe. Enjoy your family. Keegan, same for you. I don't know if you're coming back to Georgia. But um, tell the old lady, I said, what's up? Y'all enjoy your holidays with the puppers and all the things. And Dog Nation, always a blast. Great having you. Make sure you check out our podcast wherever you get them. Apple Music, Spotify. Leave a review. Tell us what we can do better. Tell us what you love. And tell us how much you love being a dog fan because it is a great time to be a dog. And as always, guys, you know what it is. Off the leash. Off the leash. Dogs. Do it for the dogs. Do it for the dogs. I do it for the dogs.